Hello and welcome to The Business of Authority. I'm Jonathan Stark. And I'm Rochelle Moulton. And today we're going to talk about the wisdom of taking a break. Break, yes. Yes. I, I am excited to, I'm excited for my weekly therapy session <laughs> because I am, uh, I, I don't consider myself great at taking breaks, although you, you kind of coached me through it <laughs> before the, before we started recording, but I, I am uh, historically not a big fan of vacations, but, ah. but yeah, so, so we can talk about that, but then you are, you sort of opened my eyes to, uh, small, medium and large breaks. And, and when you did that, I recognized that, oh, maybe I am okay at it, at least okay. Yeah. I feel like it's a little bit about setting boundaries. Think of taking a break as a small break, a medium break or a large break. And I think the large break is more what I traditionally think of as a vacation, mm-hmm. vacation or sabbatical perhaps. So a small break I mean, you know, the example of my virtual assistant, you know, takes the weekends off, right, which some of us wouldn't call a break. That mm. was just what you would do. Um, but she gives her clients emergency access from cell phones. So you can, you know, if I have something come up on the weekend that's a, 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 an emergency, I can text her and she'll help me out. Mm-hmm. Um The flip side is she fires her clients who abuse it. So I I love that's about wrapping boundaries around it. Mm -hmm. And so then a medium length might be something where you take a a chunk of time off from some or all of your work. And, you know, the example that comes to mind for me is that I usually take off at least three weeks in the summer from blogging. I'm still working, but I'm not blogging. And so this summer, you know, I'm working on a book, so I'm taking six weeks off of blogging where I'm just, you know, using some prior content and still emailing with people, still working. But for me, that feels like a break. Yep. And then, you know, the large break could be a vacation. It could be a sabbatical. So think of those three tiers. And that's why I said I think you're better at breaks than you're giving yourself credit for. Yeah. I mean, when you put it like that, like when I heard the word break, I thought vacation. And to me, vacation is like a week plus the weekend on each end. And I've never been a fan. Never. <laughs> and But the reason, and I think the reason is I've never had a normal nine to five job. So, oh. or not, not never. I'm, for a couple of years, I did have one corporate job. But, you know, for me, going on vacation is a stressful project where like my really yeah i mean my normal life is pretty great so to like and i like traveling i've done tons of traveling i've been all over the world but but to me that's but it's all been like conference gigs and and um, client meetings and things like that so it's not that i mean i i don't relish the idea of getting on an airplane but i'm fine with traveling it doesn't really bother me that much i'm not like a homebody so to speak Mm -hmm. but the idea of um you know, it's partially a kid's thing, I suppose, you know, like two little kids and packing up the car and dealing with, you know, okay, put the dog in a kennel or get some kind of babysitter. And it's just so right. it's like a million details <laughs> that that are are certainly outside of my area of, of expertise. They're not the kinds of things that I do all the time. It's it feels very um, it honestly pushes me out of the comfort zone. And I'm like, okay, that, now this is uncomfortable. This is supposed to be a vacation. And then you get back on the Sunday night and, you know, you have 10,000 emails and, and so on and so forth. So, you know, that's my, that's always been my experience with vacations is that once I'm there, it's great. 
you know, it's, it's really not a problem once we're there. We went to Disney, a, you know, a year or two ago, I can't even remember. And it was great. You know, getting mm-hmm. there was getting there and all the arrangements and stuff was a disaster. And we were, you know, on the phone with Disney back and forth and, you know, trying to make arrangements. And they, you know, I don't know if we screwed something up or they screwed something up, but we got there no tickets and like the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but we had a blast. It was great. Um, but, you know, there, but there's all of that, all of that sort of ajda that gets created in, in, because you're going outside, not, you know, you're going outside of your normal routine. Which is one of the values of having a break. But, but I want to pick up on something you said. You said, well, my, my regular life is pretty great. Mm-hmm. Right. And so is one of the reasons for that because of the way you structure your life and, and that your building breaks in on a daily or weekly basis? Yes. So I do, I do a few things that I think you would, you would, I don't think of as breaks, but I think you, I think it's probably fair to call them that. Um, one is that, Twice a week, I go to the gym for an hour in the middle of the day. And twice a week, I go to uh, karate for three hours at a pop. And both, wow. yeah, both of those things are dramatically different than the normal way that I spend my time. Mm-hmm. So it really, it doesn't, it doesn't matter how stressful my day might have been or how many, you know, oh, I've got all these to do's I have to edit the podcast and all these things <laughs> like I go in the gym brain, my brain can shut off. I have a personal trainer. He just tells me what to do. We have a nice chat about, you know, life and things and, um, you know, do, do the workout thing and karate, same thing. It's like, I can shut my brain off or at least a piece of my brain off that is, is highly engaged during the day. And, and, have this completely different, it feel, it literally feels like a different area of my brain activated. It's almost like giving, mm-hmm. okay, like let's say it's the left side. I'm normally using, it feels like that is just got, that's on a break. That is, that is yeah. on vacation. And this other area of my brain is just like doing this very physical thing, which is the polar opposite of like sitting at my computer all day. And it's got a whole different set of rules, whole different set of, it's a completely different culture. It's, it's a different power frame, you know, like I'm the student, not the teacher. And it's just completely mm-hmm. different. Mm-hmm. And ab- if I skip it, you know, like the summer schedule has been a little spotty. And so I've missed a class here and there. I can feel it. Like I'm like, like extra, um, it's like, a, you know, it's like burn out a little bit. You know, you know what that means, I think, is um, is our friend James Clare would call that an anchor habit. Right? Oh. What happens? What happens if you don't do that? Right. So if you're not working out or you miss a class, it messes up your day. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. It changes, the you know, like my ability to fall asleep, but like all sorts of things. It has like a, a follow on effect if I mm-hmm. if I blow it off. Mm hmm. Uh, another thing that occurred to me that falls into the definition of break that we're talking about here is a while back, I'm going to say like two years ago, I started moving all of my client communications into Slack. So I could then ignore my email all day. Mm-hmm. So I knew, I, I know, like I do not get urgent emails. So I can just completely ignore my email which basically is like, like, you know, I, I, I've heard email described as like your inbox is a to-do list that's open for the entire world to add items to. 
So having that, having basically, uh, freeing myself of the chains of constantly checking email and responding to every notification. Like my email notifications are completely turned off. And sometimes Mm -hmm. I'll even turn, I use this thing called for a long time. I use this thing called inbox pause, which would prevent emails from going into your inbox. It would immediately put them into a different folder. Mm -hmm. And then once a day, it would move them all into your inbox. So from a single location, you could basically shut off email for all of your, you know, phones and computers and iPads and all that. And that was like a revelation. So not, not, uh, getting in control of, of the interruptions. I, you know, you could call this putting boundaries around it or, or what have you. Um, cause that's the thing. If you, if you are having client communications in your inbox and there can be urgent things in there, well, you better be checking it. And, right. and right. if you, you know, and then what happens? And then 30 minutes later, you're like, where, what, what did I just do? Where'd those 30 minutes go? Mm-hmm. Well, and there's also, I mean, there's the science that says how long it takes to recover after an interruption. And we always think it's, oh, you know, it's 10 seconds, it's 30 seconds. It, it, it's more like 10 minutes. Yeah. And so, for developers, it's it's more like 30 minutes. Oh, I believe that because yeah. you have to get back into the detailed place that you left. Mm-hmm. And, and then there's the stress of, you know, thinking that you're missing something. I, I remember uh, a, in my last real job, quote unquote, I had I was 24/7 tethered to email and I I went out it was a Saturday I was shopping and I felt my phone buzz I'm like <laughs> and I grabbed my there was it's in a part in my purse that would touch my body as I was holding it my phone wasn't there I left my phone at home and I'm going what it was like literally I was so worried about it I felt it buzz wow yeah yeah so to have even 24 hours without email. And I use something called SaneBox. You can actually shut yeah. it off for the weekend. Because mm-hmm. my problem is if it comes, I'm going to look at it. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I liked about Inbox Pause. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. just not there. Yeah. And so if, if you can't trust yourself, I know I can't trust myself not to look at it, then you can use technology to give you a break. But I think the point of all of this is that we as humans need a break. And when we're running our own businesses, we're building authority, you still have to have this time blocked off that's just for you. That's not about work. It's about, you know, like like you said, using the other parts of, of you when you do karate or you work out versus um, sitting on our butts using our brains. Yeah. So, okay. So we're talking about um, small, medium, and large. We talk about medium. I feel like we've talked about small and large. Is it, what, what's a medium break, would you say? Is it sort of the shutting off the blogging? Yeah, I think it's, for me, it's the blogging. That feels like a medium break. It's not a vacation. But there is something that happens when you don't have that immediate responsibility to write a blog. In fact, the, the irony was I saw a piece of news yesterday and I went, aha, that's my next blog post. So I, I love that I had that idea, but there was no pressure around it. It wasn't, I have to write it today or tomorrow. It's, you know, I wrote it down. That's my next idea. And I'm excited about writing about it. And I might not have been excited. You know, I, I just needed a break from, you know, the grind of doing that. Right. Mm-hmm. That's funny. I, I have a uh, annual family retreat coming up in two weeks and 
the, you know, it's like me and all my siblings and in-laws and, and our kids. So we call it cousins camp and the cousins all get together and, and we kind of sit around and drink beers and grill stuff and they just swim and go crazy (laughs) in the woods. And the place that we're going is, is 10 miles from a cell phone signal. There's, there's no, uh, no, it's off the grid, literally off the grid. There's, there is electricity, but it's like, um, uh, it's battery, like solar battery so that Mm. you can only use a couple of lights at night. And it's very, I mean, it is off the grid. It's in, in central Maine and there's no gas, no gasoline. There's no gas stations for like, if you run out of gas, you're SOL. (laughs) So be eaten by a bear. Yeah, seriously, no joke. So it, you know, it's dirt roads, everything. So I will be completely disconnected forcibly and it's, um, so I'm getting ready to do kind of what you're describing where I'm like, okay, I do, I write a daily email. So that's 10 days I would miss. And what I did last year was I looked back over the, the previous year of, of messages that I had sent out and I picked the, the 10 that had the that I thought were the best, the ones that got the most response mm-hmm. from people, the ones that seemed to be the most um, influential or, you know, created light bulb moments for a lot of people. And I just said like, you know, greatest hits of 2016 or whatever, 2017 and, and did 10 days of reruns essentially. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I was a little bit, I was like, ah, this feels like a cop out. I could just write 10 emails in advance, but that's not really how I do it. I don't usually queue emails up. I like to do them in real time in response to things that happened to me that day. But uh, I got great response from it. And and people were, a lot of people, shock of shocks, hadn't read all of them. Yeah, I'd be like, why you guys don't read every single email I send every day? How dare you? Yeah. Uh, so it was still fresh for a lot of people. And it was, it was kind of fun for me. It was sort of a little content inventory for me to go back through, you know, 300 emails and pick it and you know which ones stood out which ones were which ones did I think actually were effective and you know reuse them and uh and I was I was forced but um it was great I was just disconnected we didn't it's so far you can't even like drive into town to go to a a like a coffee shop an internet cafe or anything it would it would take you like two hours to do that so it's just not feasible you just basically have to sit there and it's, it was great. It's, it's super cool. So, and I remember I'll, and I'm sure it'll happen again this time, just like totally re-energized when you get back, like you can yes. let the, let the needle go all the way down to zero, let everything recharge and then like, boom, back at it. Absolutely. Absolutely. I just thinking that, you know, the other value of what you described, and I found the same thing to be true as I was um, putting together my six weeks of, of, uh, posts while I'm taking my little break is that the value of going back through what you've done. And I went through the last year and I went and looked at the highest hit rate of what I think of as my cornerstone content. Mm-hmm. And I picked things that had the highest open rates. And some people, you know, I assume because it had a high open rate, some people had seen them, but I'm actually getting more interaction on the retread. <laughs> than I was before, which I found fascinating. So yeah, I think I think a lot of this pressure to especially in the authority business to keep putting out new content and new ideas, I think sometimes we can take it farther than we need to. Mm -hmm. That sometimes it's about revisiting 
things that we've done before. And maybe when you look at it a second time, you have a different angle on it, a different perspective, you tweak it here and there, or you don't. You say, you know what, this was this was great the first time, it's going to be even better the second time. And it's, it's, it is somewhat shocking how many things people don't see, even when they seem to read you and follow you. I mean, people miss it. Or <laughs> yeah. maybe the time was wrong. You know, it didn't kind of hit them. And so it hits them in a different way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. I think, you know, the other thing, and I, this is where I'm really bad, is on the large breaks. I haven't done a really good large break in, in a while. And, you know, I'm thinking uh, one of my clients uh, just took a, uh, roughly two week vacation and uh, he wrote an article about it, which maybe we'll link to below if, if he agrees that that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he went to Israel and it was the first time he went with his wife. It was the first time he'd ever done a tour, you know, where he had other people and he was really nervous about it. I mean, he's an introvert and he's like, I, I just don't know how I'm going to deal with this. <laughs> and, but he said, he said everything up to be able to go. He's, you know, he's got a firm. So he has, you know, an office manager who's running everything he'd given, you know, I've always had a cell number. He said, don't worry, contact me if you need me. There's no way I was going to reach out to him on his vacation. Yeah. And so off, off he goes and, he had this just amazing experience and, and about halfway through he faltered and he checked email. <laughs> and I know this because I heard from him during that time. And it was so funny. I could almost literally see like a cartoon character, his wheels going backwards once he got into it and realized, Oh no, I don't want to deal with this. And what I found out when he got back and the, you know, the way he wrote the piece is that by disconnecting from everything, what it forced him to fully commit to the moments of what was happening around him. And, you know, he talks about some of the experiences, but it forced him, you know, as an introvert to actually connect with the people in the group. And so it wasn't that like lay on the beach, you know, total relaxation kind of vacation. It was constant run, run, run. But when he came back, he found himself more refreshed than he'd ever been before, even though it was the, you know, a crazy, busy run here, run there kind of vacation, mm-hmm. total refresh, r- relax, um, and came back with, you know, kind of ready to, to battle the beast again. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it does work, but it's so funny. The, the seductive, it's the, the seductive call of your phone so to speak, no pun intended, is just, it's just hard to resist. I have a, you know, I work with a, I've been working with this same client for a a really long time. And one of the other uh, folks I work with there is supposed to be on vacation this week. And, you know, something came up and sure enough, she popped up in Slack and fixed it. But it was like, (laughs) After that, I, I kiddingly in Slack, I said, okay, thanks. Um, now delete Slack from your phone, please. <laughs> because I want to refresh when she comes back. Yeah. You know what I mean? I want the vacation yeah. to work. Yeah. So, you know, and I, you know, I, I, I've been there. There's like, uh, there's like, uh, I don't know. It's just, it's, you're disconnecting from what, you know, what might be your, your identity or your support network or a group, a group within which you feel, 
I don't know. I don't want to say powerful, but you know what I mean? Like you, mm-hmm. you, you have a they particular, need you. yeah, right. Yes. You, you're connected to this group and, uh, through your, through your phone largely. And now if you're going to disconnect from them now, that's like, they can create all sorts of, um, feelings that would kind of pull you back, but it does defeat the purpose. I think it's anxiety. And I don't mean in a clinical sense. I just mean we get anxious because we are so connected 24-7, most of us, mm-hmm. right? And it, so it's when you actually break that off and go do something else, it's almost like withdrawal. You're yeah. anxious around, you know, how that feels. Mm. Yeah, I wonder how much of it is the is the um, the feeling of bored. Like, like there, there's a great movie uh, that came out recently. Well, I thought it was great. Um, ready player one. A lot of people wouldn't like it. I'm sure. But, uh, I really liked it. I'm a kid of the eighties. Uh, I read the book. I loved it. And there's, uh, a, a large part of the, the majority of the movie, I would say takes place in virtual reality. So the characters, the actors, the sort of real life actors are not even in most of the movie because it's mostly them, their avatars inside of a virtual reality. Mm-hmm. And at one point, this, person who's particularly sort of famous in the virtual world uh, gets pulled out for reasons. Um, and there's a scene where he's sitting in like, on like a rooftop deck with another person like in real life, which is an unusual situation for him to be in. And there's like a couple of beats of silence and he looks around and he goes, everything's so much slower here. <laughs> <laughs> And he wasn't necessarily, he wasn't knocking it. He was just observing that things happen a lot faster in the virtual world. And that is absolutely true with, you know, going back and forth between Instagram and Slack and your email and text messages. And, you know, there's always something popping. And, uh, you know, it's, it's hard to, the feeling of boredom, I, I think is largely gone. I mean, I remember being bored when I was a kid, bored, like, like almost physically painful how bored I was. And then we, what would we do? We'd go get in trouble basically. So now I just never feel that feeling anymore. And unless I don't have my phone or my phone's dead, I'm like, Oh, what should I do now? You know? (laughs) So, well, it's like, it's like we used to sit like at a, like at the dentist and it seems like the dentist always runs late. Right. So you have 20 minutes, like who cares? You know, I have my phone. Yeah. I can, you know, I, I can look at anything I want in 20 minutes. No problem. Yeah. No problem. But that boredom is is a good thing, quote unquote. That's mm-hmm. where that's the free space to create, to make connections, and to just uh, recharge. You yep. recharge your batteries when we're always on. You know, at some point you're gonna run down. Yeah, get out of your filter bubble and experience like the world that's around you. I don't. It didn't. It, I don't, it's funny. I feel like this episode is kind of turning into like a technology, like an anti-technology type of thing. But that is really a big piece of disconnecting, you know, and like taking a break. The the yeah. phone is is a really big. That's like a big thing to disconnect from. And in fact, in uh, in the gym and at karate, no phone. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to. It's like put away. It's not near me. I couldn't hear it if it was beeping. And I'm just on something else. I'm just like in the moment of whatever it is that I'm doing. And it's very, it's very right now, which perhaps is a big, big part of the reason why I feel so much better after I do it. 
Well, and I think one of the challenges for travel is that you want to capture um, images, right? You want to remember these experiences that you're having. And I'm talking about, you know, not like necessarily taking a picture of the fabulous um, entree that you had at dinner, but you know, you, you, there's an experience to this. And so, so then what happens is you post it to Instagram or Facebook and then you check and see, well, how many <laughs> likes did I get? What did they say? Right. You know what I mean? It's like, you, and, and if you save them all up till you get back and I see that like in Facebook, a lot of people will just post a whole bunch. Yeah. Um, you know, then it sort of feels different. Like you're not telling the story in the same way. Right. And I th- I just think that's a, that it's a pressure and it, it it's not an age thing. It's not like if you're 20, there's more pressure than you're, you know, 40 or 60 or 80, but it's a, it's a very clear compunction to share what we have with everybody else. And mm. I, I think, you know, my view on this is that you do what works for you. I don't think there's, you know, any hard and fast rules, but I have to tell you, I love being off um, social media when I when I take a break and I, I really love social I, I love being on Twitter I have a blast in Twitter hmm. but I don't want to be tied to it and I almost never look at it over the weekend almost never yeah yep I go through phases I go back and forth uh, um, I've deleted Facebook from my phone a long time ago but I probably use Instagram as much as I used to use Facebook which is to say not that much uh, I'm I'm a uh, Twitter guy like my social network is definitely Twitter and mm-hmm. I do go through phases where I have to delete it from my phone because <laughs> I'll have like, I'm not sure if this is related to the topic that closely, but if I have something big to do, Twitter is my procrastination. So if, uh, I, if I'm yeah. on Twitter a lot, I know I'm, I'm like procrastinating. I'm like, I got to, and I'll like sort of in a panic, I like delete it. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, everything we're talking about floats over into habits and productivity. Yeah, right? I guess it it's, does. Yeah, it's it, it's like we need, well, I shouldn't say we need. We use the time with social media, the procrastination time, as a, a break. But what if we did something else for a break? You know, that and, and what happens, I, at least for me, is I'm sitting at my computer, social media is the logical thing, or, you know, my little rabbit hole is, is uh, design blogs. Mm. You know, if I can see pictures of sofas and art and how it all comes together, I mean, I will, I will go down that hole. I will just tell you right now. So yeah, so I think you know that's part of it. But it's the the mind and the body. I mean, mm. we need breaks. Mm-hmm. We need breaks. And I, what I like about what you do is that you build it in every day, right? Yes. You've got a, a weekly structure that gives you that. I think, you know, other people may do that or they may put it all into the big break. I mean, when I had my, um, my full company where I had multiple people working for me, my break was I would go on a vacation um, and it was usually Europe and I, I wouldn't bring my phone. Now this was before we used phones for everything, yeah. but I left detailed itinerary information with my office manager and in all the times that I did this, and I never went for more than, I think 10 days was the longest, but usually it was five five days to a week. They only called me once hmm. in all that time. And I just relaxed. <laughs> I didn't worry about it. I had a ball. And I have another friend who goes to Europe regularly because she has some um, family and, and friends there. She leaves her phone at home. Yeah. And she does it more for privacy 
than anything else. She doesn't want somebody at the border to pull her phone. <laughs> it makes a difference when you just don't have that, that electronic tether. Yeah, it totally does. I mean, like I can imagine our, our sort of bucket list trip is Paris. We've never been to Paris. We've always wanted to go to Paris. We've never made the time to do it. And I'm like picturing, I'm like picturing it right now as you're talking about this. And I'm like, I'm like, all right. So the, the thing that would, the thing that would be the, the killer would be, um, leaving the phone at home without maps, like the map, the map feature of the phone to me is like when traveling is the thing that keeps me from leaving the phone either at home or in the hotel or something Uh. like that. And I'm like, I'm just thinking like, can you even buy paper maps anymore? I'll, I'll send you my plasticized maps of Paris, Jonathan. Okay, cool. (laughs) You can do this. So there we go. And I'm imagining, yeah, I mean, it's been, it's got, it must be, I mean, it feels like a decade, but it's really not a decade. It's, it's well close to a decade since I've been in a major city that I was unfamiliar with without Google maps in my pocket. Mm -hmm. And I, it's like hard to imagine. It's hard to get back to that, like feeling of like, I'm completely lost. (laughs) I have no clue where I am or where, if I should go left or right. Well, after I just said that, I would probably argue, take the phone, use the maps, um, because you'll want to know that your kids are okay. So you're probably going to want your phone for that reason, if no other. But yeah. just shut everything else off. Yeah. Or just yeah a, I mean, I'll just bring a burner. Yeah, neither one of us is anti-technology. And um, yeah, I don't want this to sound anti-technology. It's what, what I am is I'm pro taking a break. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, whatever that looks like for the person doing it, you just got to have time where you're not you're not on call. Mm-hmm. Yep, and I especially like your idea of, you know, it doesn't have to be a giant binary thing. You know, it's not like okay, I'm gone. It doesn't have to be. You know, I'm, yes, it's nice to take a week and be like, okay, I'm unreachable, but it can just be taking a break from your blogging or taking a break from I don't know whatever it might be, whatever, whatever, whatever the grind is for you, dear listener, you know, think about a way that you can not do it for a week or two. And either, you know, if it's like content creation, just say, Hey everybody, I'm, I'm taking a vacation from the podcast or the blog or whatever it is. And, you know, I'll be back in two weeks. And if you can, if you want to put reruns up fine, if you don't, don't, it's, you know, it should be, uh, it's totally, it's totally possible if you just like think about it for a second. It's really not even that hard. There's not much downside either. Yeah. And then, I, you know, I want to throw a couple of other thoughts out there. And, you know, one is um, a sabbatical. And I'm not sure if that, I was thinking of Paul Jarvis, where he always takes a chunk of time off mm-hmm. every year. Um, and then the other thought was, and I haven't done this much myself, but I've talked to a few people who have, where you're traveling while you work. You know, it's much more of a millennial phenomenon, but that, that it's sort of like the ideal lifestyle blog, right? Which is you you travel wherever you you want to be and you work from there. So I think you know there, and some would argue that that's a break because you're changing your physical environment, mm-hmm. um, and so you work differently. Yeah, I think making the distinction between taking a break and like laying around relaxing is the is an important distinction here. It's not that it's not that you're just going to be like on the couch or in the hammock for a week, you know, it's, it's about, for me, it's, it's about a change of scenery and exercising a different mental muscle or emotional muscle or muscle muscle, 
you know, just have like a, just a change of pace more than, um, more than just shutting off and like going in, you know, comatose, (laughs) you know, into like a a margarita coma in, in the Cayman Islands or something. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I take my dog for a walk, um, in the middle of the day, every day. And when we first got the dog, I hadn't had a dog in like forever. And I was like, how am I going to make time for this? And I look forward to it because no matter what I shut off and I go and I walk and I actually, I don't take my phone. I actually notice what's going on. Sometimes I meet people, my dog meets other dogs and (laughs) sometimes other animals. And, um, and it's that break. And I, I can't tell you how many times I've come back from that with an idea that turned into something. It might be a blog post. It might be like a client issue I was trying to like solve in my head. And, and I wasn't even thinking about it so much when, when I walked. Other times, I totally don't remember the walk at all mm-hmm. because I was thinking of something and just kind of turning it over in my head. And for me, thinking and physically moving together are a powerful combination. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Back when I was in, in music school, my, my undergrad, is a, I have a songwriting degree. And I cannot tell you how many songs I wrote walking around in the dark. Like for some <laughs> reason, I, I love taking walks at night and uh, I would just, I could, it would just occur to me. Like they would just pop into my head. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's a great yeah. idea. And it's like, you know, 15 minutes later, I've got like, you know, a chorus and two verses done. And then, you know, scramble back to, at the time, my apartment and like grab the guitar and like record it before I forgot it. But, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, yeah. Same, same here. You know, like I used to, um, and now that we're talking about it, I should really get back to this. I didn't notice it, but, um, we got a new car last year and we still had our old car forever. We were a one, one car family, but you know, the the old one was getting really old and we were like, eh, it'd be useful to have two cars for a little while. And then I got into this habit, which I consider a bad habit of driving the 0.7 miles to my office which I used to walk or ride my bike. And, and I really, it was the same thing. It was like this kind of, sometimes I would pull my phone out, but it, it usually didn't work that great for some reason. I don't know if there's a dead spot between my house and the office or something, but uh, it, it was usually pretty bad connectivity. So I would just pretty much not use it and walk down and there's like, walk down, there's a river my office is like right on a river and there's, it's called Swan point. And guess what? There's swans everywhere. So (laughs) I could walk down there and it's like this nice wooded area and people are fishing and there's swans all over the place. And it's, it's like the greatest. Uh, and I haven't done it in about a year because I've been like lazy bones driving, but you uh, need the swans. Jonathan. That sounded beautiful. Well, I do drive that way. So I still, I wave to them as I'm passing at 30 (laughs) miles an hour. (laughs) It's not the same though. Yeah. So there you go. Build it into your day. It's really not that much. I mean, maybe it takes me an extra 10 minutes. It's not, it's not like a huge time saver to drive. Yeah. It's, it's really, I mean, I come back to, it's all about what's going to juice the individual. Mm -hmm. What is your juice? And, you know, we all have different things. Um, you know, I can't picture myself doing the whole karate thing, Yeah. but I love that. I mean, I love the idea of it. Um, you know, and so I think it's finding for each person to find the things that they need. And if you don't know what it is, then experiment, but just, you know, just shut off for a little while, just Mm. give yourself that, that break. And, you know, for me, I find the more I do small daily breaks, 
um, the less I need the big giant breaks. Yeah, I think I think that's where my sort of lack of excitement about vacations comes from, like traditional vacations. I just don't, I don't know. I guess I have like a, a rele- release valve that's kind of going off on a daily basis pretty much. So I don't get that huge buildup of like, get me out of this place. You know, it just reminded me of a client I've been working with and she just one scenario after another, she's had to cancel her vacation Oof. and it's never been about work. It's been things that happened in her family situation that were out of her control. And so for her last vacation, she said, "Okay, I need this so badly. And this woman was working. She works with corporate clients a good 60 hours a week on a regular basis, some travel, but just a really hard slot. She needed that vacation. And I was really struck by it because it's I, it's unusual in my experience when I work with people who have their own businesses that it's they usually find ways to build in the smaller breaks so they don't need the big one as much. Not that they don't want to do it, not that they don't do it, but it's not that desperate quality that I have to have a vacation now or I'm going to explode. Right. You know, I think Mm -hmm. we want to avoid getting to that point. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I agree. It's just unhealthy. It seems unhealthy. It's, it's kind of like, I mean, it's kind of like a mini or yeah, it's kind of like a mini version of the like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to work my butt off until I'm 65 and then retire. And then I'll relax. Like then I'll be happy. Then I'll be able to do what I want. Like that's like the the most macro version of it. Like, yeah, well, I mean, most of us get into business because there's something that we want to do. There's something we want to accomplish. And so there's all this energy behind that. And so if we don't fuel ourselves, right, then we can't do what we're meant to do. And so I just think that what you learn, not in the first year of business usually, maybe not even the second, but certainly by the third, is that you have to start giving yourself breaks because nobody else is going to. You don't have a boss, right? Your clients aren't going to give you breaks. Your social media isn't going to give you breaks. You have to drive the bus mm-hmm. and make it work. Yeah. No one's in charge of you except for you. Yeah, except for so, you. Right. <laughs> which is the agony and the ecstasy of it. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah, you've got clients and they have expectations and stuff, but you are in charge of you. And, you know, it's like, yeah, I mean, I'm just repeating what you said, but it's, it's profound. Like if you don't do it, who's going to? Yeah. Nobody's going to take care of you, but you in, in that sense. Yeah. So, okay. Have we, have we beaten the horse to death? Listen, I, you got me with profound. <laughs> okay, we'll leave it with profound. That's that's a new high water mark for the business of authority. <laughs> All right, folks, that's it for this week. I'm Jonathan Stark. And I'm Rochelle Moulton. And we hope you join us again next week, unless we're on vacation, for the business of authority. <laughs> Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>